Coming to you from New York City. This week and every week, it's the Ben Kissel Show. Yeah. You're white trash. I don't think we're completely white no trash. No one white though. trash thinks they're white trash. No, there are white trash people that know they're white trash. I, I would argue that they're less white. Tr- white trash, and I think I'm white trash now. I you have think an inflatable that you became- hot tub. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about it. Welcome to the show, everyone. I'm Ben Kissel, uh, joined by Mike Coscarelli. Thanks for uh, everything you do, Mike. Hey, Ben. Today's guest is Aaron Berg. Thanks you so much for being here, Aaron. Thank you for having me. Aaron's an amazing stand-up comedian, ex-stripper, and uh, overall good guy. And he's also just admitted to being kind of white trash, and I think we all are in our own way. Yeah. It's it's time that America brings it back. Bring back the white trash. (laughs) Bring back the trash. Yeah, I I was raised uh, middle-class Jewish, and then eventually I turned uh, white trash. But I love it. Yeah. What's the most white trash thing about you? I would say my most white trash thing about me right now is that I am currently full of three medium Papa John's pizzas because when Papa's in the house, you know a deal is coming. Yeah. Mine is, uh, yeah, I have an inflatable hot tub. I bought a hot tub for my deck. It looks gorgeous, but it's inflatable. It's basically an inner tube with bubbles in it. That's perfect, and yeah. you're using this hot tub on a regular basis. It's a very warm summer. I would imagine all the ladies are over there bathing and things like that. I got a girlfriend now, so I'm not allowed to do that technically. Uh, you know, we have an open relationship that we haven't discussed yet, but it's ah. uh, no, it's lovely. It's great. I'll show you a picture of it. Nobody will be able to see it. I want to see Look at that. It. That's the deck. It's actually a very classy uh, inflatable hot tub. It yeah. looks thick. It looks like you could stand on the side of it or sit on the side of it and drink a mimosa or Bloody Mary, depending yeah. on the time of the day. Yeah. I love it. There's nothing white trash about that. That's Queen's classy. Yeah, you're right. Queen's classy. I think white trash lets you feel better about yourself easier. Right, right. Because now I'm like, I got a hot tub. doesn't matter what kind it is. Mm-hmm. White trash allows you to remove labels, and that's what I like about white trash. I do. I love white trash. Lawn furniture should be plastic. Hot tubs should be rubber or inflatable. Yeah. And all pizza should be made in the microwave. You know I only eat pizza once a year. Why? Uh, I barely eat carbohydrates. I only yeah, you, Mike is the same way. What is happening with you people? Yeah, no carbs We're, after eight. I'm shredded, bro. I'm, I know you're shredded. Yeah, it's midlife crisis. Uh-huh. I walk around. It makes me feel great. I'm 40. I'm almost 43, and I'm in better shape than I've been my whole life. On the outside, on the inside, I got issues. So you think that there's actually some hope for me yet? Because I'm more like a shredded cheese. I have no muscle on me whatsoever. <laughs> you're going to come around. Yeah. I think everybody, you're not in horrific shape. Thank you so much. But you, I think at some how old are you now? Uh, we don't talk about All it. Right. I just turned 34 years old. Jetty show business. Oh uh, my God. I think by the time you hit like 37, 38, you'll be like, I want to get ripped so I right. feel better. Because you start to get tired as you get older. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You start to midlife crisis it. I am constantly exhausted. So you were, you're were on the outside. You're physically just a, a divine being. Yeah. You look straight out of, you're a biblical character that could take down a giant. But on the inside, yeah. you're in shambles like all of us. It's not so much shambles. My kidney levels are a little jacked up because all I eat is protein, which is not good for you. It it right. deteriorates your insides. It's horrible. Your kidney levels go way up through the roof. Sorry. Are you a muscle milk kind of guy? Which, by the way, muscle milk always terrifies me because I just picture them squeezing muscles, taking the juice from... That muscle, and then you drink it. It seems like a bizarre. Uh, seems like Planned Parenthood if you've been watching. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, as, as a fan of macabre and all things horrific, the Planned Parenthood scandal. I get it. I'll get into it on Abe Lincoln's Top End on Cave Comedy Radio this weekend. Is one of my favorite things of all time. They're just selling baby parts, I, and I love that they're drunk at their meeting right, too. Right. They're just drinking white wine. I can do seventy five per. 
<laughs> it's like it reminded me. It reminded me of a of a uh, bacon auction or a meat auction that used to occur in yeah. Wisconsin, the the home state, my home state, where you would go and you would bet on random uh, chunks of meat and you get loaded off yeah. your ass. But they're doing it with baby toes and, and baby owns. We got a second trimester baby coming up next. <laughs> a second trimester, good breeding, good parents. Mm. One mistake, a little Latino blood, little Latino blood, but not overwhelming. Do I hear sixty two dollars? Sixty two dollars. Sixty two dollars is a prime baby, prime baby, second trimester, almost a human. Yeah. Sold to the white trash man with the blow up tub. I put that in my tub. Perfect. I got a baby tub. Yeah. That's great. So your your kidneys are failing. Kidneys, and I got low T, bro. What do which you mean? is you got the low testosterone? I got low, look at what no, I look like. No, but you're bald. I mean, yeah. okay. For those okay. that don't know, he's bald. Um, bald. But doesn't that mean you have more testosterone? Here's the ish. I may have uh, experimented with some anabolic steroids roughly 20 <laughs> years ago. It's still pending. There's no positive tests, and nobody's called to take back 1997 natural Mr. Canada runner-up. No one's <laughs> okay. called to take that back as of yet. Um, and they probably don't get this in Canada. But uh, I went in. I was like, I think my testosterone's low because my sex drive is not what it could be. And, right. you know, I'm not a 34-year-old strapping young buck like yourself mm -hmm. anymore that can down three pizzas in a sitting. Right, My right. Gone. So I went in. Here's normal, okay? Normal's like 1,200. Okay. Number. Low, low is 300. Okay. I'm 65. I'm like unheard of low. You're basically a woman. I'm a woman. I cry consistently. Really? Yeah, I lactate from my stomach. That's, a, a, <laughs> that that's amazing. Up. But, uh, yeah, it's so low. So, so I went and saw a doctor. You mentioned that you used to do uh, bodybuilding, and I assume that's yeah. correct because you have the body of a bodybuilder, and you were took, taking a lot of steroids when you were, uh, were active in that in competition. Not a lot, but, but regularly. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think that you should. They, they're all taking them. Yeah. You, got to, you got to compete on the playing field that everybody else is uh, competing and playing on. Yeah. Did you inject them? with, oh, yeah. with the, Okay, so you oh, did the needle yeah. thing. I started doing... Um, orals which are tablets okay and uh everyone's like don't those are horrible for you and then i did i did those bad side effects acne mm. some mood swings i'd get out of my car punch other people's windows and stuff uh <laughs> <laughs> standard standard <laughs> stuff for standard the guy oral. with the inflatable yeah. hot tub and then uh and then i was like i gotta try needles they're safer on your liver so i didn't know how to inject huh. i didn't have anyone to show me my dad never grew up teaching me how to do steroids i'm yeah. not from wisconsin right and right right then, so I bought one needle and 16 shots of steroids, thinking you could use the one needle over and over again, not knowing it goes dull. I was injecting into my butt. By, like, the fourth try, I'm literally having to slap this needle oh. into my butt. Right, right, right. And I was like, why is this so hard? And someone's like, you're using the same needle? You use it once and throw it out. I was like, where do you get new needles? Like a heroin addict. And then I found out you just go to a drugstore and be like, I need this many needles. And they give them to you, no questions asked. So, so then I injected him for a while, and uh, it was great. I looked fantastic. I probably, and and yeah. you felt good about it. When when you when you get the uh, when you get the rush of uh, of the steroid, do you actually feel it going through your body, and then you immediately start lifting weights? I mean, I, I assume you still have to like work out a bunch. If I did steroids, I would just get morbidly obese because I would feel like that was it. That was my workout for yeah, the day. Yeah, you got to work out, and and diet's still ninety nine percent of it. But you just get way better results. Like yeah. To look this way, I have to eat very strict. And if I was doing steroids, I'd be a lot bigger and I could cheat on my diet a lot more. 
You know, men don't get enough credit for their concern about weight. Uh, Mike, our beautiful strapping producer, 25 years young. I think you're one of the most attractive guys in entertainment, Mike. You're too kind. Uh, I used to be morbidly obese. I still have a terrible body. But we think about diet a lot. And Do you think um, that we need to talk about that more as dudes? I mean, with the bodybuilding thing, what got you into bodybuilding? Why did you become so obsessed with the physical look? A woman that broke up with me, I knew that she was attracted to muscular men, so I did it as like, I'll show you. Right. Watch all these chicks I'm going to get because I'm muscly like your ex-boyfriend. I'm 20. Mm. I'm stupid. And then she's looking (laughs) at you crying as you try to put a dull needle into your ass, and she's like, now that's the man of my dreams. (laughs) How'd I lose that fella? I can't believe it. Yeah, so that's why. And I think men have severe body image issues, and I think we're we're just not allowed to address it anymore because it sounds like we're whining. And uh, there was someone on Twitter recently that was like, if you have abs, you're a loser or something like that. And, was, and it was someone I knew. And I was like, why are you body shaming me? <laughs> right, like, just right. twisting it like which is, it's a real thing. But you can't yeah. you can't when you're in shape, you can't be like everyone makes fun of how I look. <laughs> uh, I just want to go to the beach and kick sand at guys. Why? Right. Yeah, you can't. Uh, you know, there's certain things that come with white privilege that you're not allowed to rub in other people's faces, and uh, a great body's one of them. The dad bod is in right now, so technically, all the working out that you've done and all the commitment that you have to your diet is making you less attractive. I'm getting no TV and film work. My, right. co- my commercial agent told me I have to get fat. He's like, you have to let your body go and get uh, and get a belly. Really? Yeah. And I'm this close to letting them go. This I just got to yeah. wait for my man. Your agent or your back. abs? My, I'm not letting my abs go. <laughs> no, you the guy doesn't abs. understand branding, bro. So then I I emailed him. I said, "Here's two other people that can't be cast under your under your view." It was Vin Diesel. Then it said forty two million dollars this year. Then it was The right. Rock, and it said thirty two million dollars. We've this talked year. about The Rock on this show extensively. The most attractive man in showbiz. Yeah, everybody loves him. Men want to be him. Chicks want to be with him. And God damn it, I just want to be like a bodyguard in one random in a, in a movie in some random scene, being like, "You want to go left, Mister Rock?" He's doing something Perfect. in town right now. He's shooting something in town. I'm gonna go hang out on set. See if they don't put me in a put they, me in a scene. They won't put you in a scene. But no. you need your agent to get in touch with. Somebody. Oh, an agent. Yeah. Oh, I those? see. Mm, I don't uh, mm-hmm. show business. No, Manager? I don't. I don't think so. Uh, uh, no, I do just fine. I'm all. I'm all hooked up. Okay. Everybody knows it. Bodybuilding, how competitive is it with you dudes? Because it's all it's judged, right? Yeah. So it's not really like you don't have it's not a game of basketball or football or dare I even say soccer where you have a definitive score at the end. Did you ever have an experience where you didn't win and you were like I was totally screwed? No. I knew, I lost uh twice like I came in second twice. The guy had way better legs than me and uh there was the other one was way huger. But I stopped doing steroids for my last contest so that one that one i came in second and the one before that i came in second are there a lot of gay people who do bodybuilding not openly but do you think <laughs> big big closets on the scene oh yeah guys yeah. i used to meet them so much when i was dancing when i was stripping there i had a friend uh god bless his heart still talk to him and he's still convinced that he's totally straight, but now he has a sugar daddy that buys his groceries. He goes, this guy buys my groceries. All I got to do is go the deepest voice. Like, is he so- Brad Garrett? No, it's way deeper than that. He's shredded. He's this really nice guy. He used to be a crackhead. You know, the, you, these lines all kind of fade away in the sex trade. And right. uh, this guy, great dude. All I got to do is go over there. You know, I give him a show for an hour or two. You know, I just give him a show. You know, he likes to 
touch and stuff like that. But, you know, I'm, I'm not gay. So, you know, I draw the line at, you know, full on intercourse. And then, uh, <laughs> and, uh, good for and, him. And, and then he yeah. gives me money for my groceries. And that's it. And I, I saw him once. I don't know how, um, I, please stop me if I, you have to beat me. But, so I won't use any curse words. Oh, yeah, uh, you can swear. It yeah. Matter. Okay. Well, he was, uh, receiving fellatio from a man in a private dance booth. And I yeah. looked in. There was these little slits. And I looked in. And he kind of gave me a thumbs up. Like, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, what a loser that's blowing me. <laughs> and then afterwards, I went, Johnny. I, oh, I just said his name. I go, Johnny, I thought. Uh, I thought you were straight. He's like, well, I wasn't blowing him. Who do you think gay is? He goes, uh, a mouth's a mouth. You know, your dick doesn't have eyes. I want to know what he thinks gay is. Yeah. It's, it seems like he's nailing it on many levels. I think that he thinks this is the old school. Uh, I think that he thinks unless you're a top, you're not gay. So Right, right. He's uh, he's doing great. He's always been a, a nice guy. And, I'm sure. Uh, he was a crackhead for a while, and then he went to jail for that. He attacked a cab driver. But, uh, and then then who else there was yeah so there's quite a few on i mean it would make sense because you break down the male body in such a specific way and you really have to be interested in in the male form i guess so i mean i look at myself a lot i tell my girlfriend i say the gym is my gay outlet you're not allowed to judge that when i go to the gym i'm allowed to be i wear you know revealing tank tops right i bro out i fist bump guys and i say (laughs) that's it it's my gay outlet other than that I'm straight, but I like that accessibility to my buy side to be able to go into a gym yeah. and, and uh, you know, just look at myself, pose in myself. She goes, do you look at your face when you look at yourself? And I'm like, yeah, a little bit, but it's mostly right. I look at my body to see, you know, how close to perfection it's getting. See, that's so funny. I, I, I wear, I'm a never nude. I swear to God. Yeah. I, I hate looking at my body. Every time I look at my body, I find some new fold or some new wrinkle or just some random, you know, piece of fat. And I'm like, where the fuck did that come from? Yeah. Getting skin tags. The whole thing's falling apart. Skin tags are the worst. How yeah. do you get rid of them? I think you just cut them off. I don't no, know. You don't, you I don't know just, you're going to bleed out like a pig <laughs> by the side of the road. That's how I should die. That's <laughs> how I want to go. I want to die, die bleeding out on the side of the road like a hog. You have to freeze them or something. I know in Canada they sell this stuff that you can put on them and it freezes them off in a day. And I tried to buy some when I was working in Ottawa. And then they're like, oh, you can't fly with it. It's like highly explosive. So. Oh. Yeah, but next time I go, I'll try and bring some back and try and hook you up. Yeah, I mean, I always like to, uh, you know, rub products that are highly explosive over my body. Yeah, and, well, it uh, gets you know, rid of them from yeah. a purely aesthetic point of view. Yeah, just kind of wrong. explodes them off. Yeah, which I is love. Cool. Uh, I love looking at myself. It's my one of my favorite things to do. Very rarely I will partake in a bit of marijuana. Very rarely, like I'm a once a month guy. I take one hit off a pipe. Yeah, I eat two protein bars and then I spend half an hour looking at myself in the mirror. The P- most self-centered posing. stoner I've ever it's heard. Amazing, I most love it. Self-centered stoning activity I've ever yeah. heard of. Yeah. Two muscle bars, two protein bars, yeah. and just look at yourself for thirty minutes. A lot of people watch Pink Floyd videos mm-hmm. or uh, the great YouTube uh, film Zeitgeist, yeah. but you just stare at your beautiful body. Are you? Uh, how how long did you live in Canada for? Uh, until four years ago. And uh, did were, were you born in Canada? Born and raised in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. And uh, how has the transition been? Did you so you started doing bodybuilding in Canada, and then after that, you transitioned into uh, into uh, stripping. Yeah, I did stripping, uh, and then I was bodybuilding still at the time, and uh, it was it wasn't easy. You had to go to amateur night. Yeah, for stripping. Had to drive like forty five minutes, go to amateur night. Yeah, barely make any money. It was like there was that kind of uh, pecking order, like comedy almost, and then. 
I started working Thursdays at this club called Fantasies, which was the biggest club in Toronto, which was like the modern day Chippendales where you'd come out and it's rain and man. All right. the guys would walk uh, out. And then, uh, What's the competitive nature? I was just at a place called Pumps in Williamsburg, Brooklyn. And, uh, you know, the ladies are obviously, you know, vying for uh, men's attention because this is where the money is. Yeah. So is there, a, uh, is there a very strict pecking order like you m- mentioned earlier? Or is it uh, a little bit more relaxed because it's dudes and they're not quite as uh, dramatic or diva-esque? It was uh, more relaxed. And you'd find that you'd get a demographic after a while. Like there was a certain, everybody had a certain selling point. So mm. my thing was like, I was from Venice, California. My yeah. name was Brandon. Uh, and I always regret never having a last name. But, uh, yeah, I would do, like, a lifeguard and a cowboy, so you'd get those right. kind of chicks. And then there were dudes that danced to, like, just pure Bon Jovi hardcore rocker stuff. They'd get right. all the skanky rocker chicks. Right. The black dudes came out with, like, massive schlongs and would get, like, the fat white women and the black <laughs> girls. Uh, but fat black women really liked me. What would be Brandon's perfect last name? Oh, jeez. I feel like Brandon. Sh- I like Phillips. Yeah. I always wanted my movie star name to be Flight Phillips. <laughs> Flight spelled F-L-Y-T-E. Flight. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. awesome, yeah. dude. Flight Phillips. Please stars. Welcome, Brandon Phillips. And I remember the first Saturday, getting bumped up to a Saturday was a big thing. This place is packed. 400 women. Right. So big, Christina Applegate came once. And then, uh, so I went out, and my first song was uh, the Clint Eastwood, yeah, yeah, yeah. dressed as a cowboy. Then it went into Thank God I'm a Country Boy, then Cotton Eye Joe, and oh then the God. slow song was Desperado. So you, I, you did these songs back to back? Oh, yeah, 20 minutes on stage, bro. It's a whole Full dancing. Do. Yeah, dancing. They had to hire me a dance instructor because I didn't know how to dance. Oh, so he hilarious. just taught me one country western box step and that's all i ever used so yeah. i slipped on a shooter someone spilt a shooter on the <laughs> stage and i slipped and oh, literally no. fell and almost pulled my groin but you couldn't see from the back so it looked like i did the splits and then jumped back up and they're like right. oh my god yeah, and they yeah. went crazy and then the the manager's like do that every night yeah every you night. slip on the shot the managers were, uh, it was this old mobster woman named Carmela. They, everyone's like, you call her mom. Because yeah. they thought none of us had mothers and then we were all wayward. And it was it's like, always mom or dad really. with these with these brothel owners. Yeah. What about yeah. uncle or creepy aunt? Yeah. I think that's more appropriate. <laughs> and then the other guy was this wannabe biker uh, named Dave. And, and he had like a Honda scooter or something. He's like, you guys act up. I'll get the HA in here. That was the Hell's Angels. Oh, he hilarious! Did, he did not know any of them, so no, I'm sure he didn't. Yeah. What was your demo? What were what what? Uh, I got what girls uh, went crazy for. I you? got chunky white girls. Okay, good. So um, do I. Large black women, hmm. and then uh, confused Persian girls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you're you're from Canada, born and raised, and you're marketing yourself as Mister America, as the most American man uh, on the face of the planet. Yeah. How did that feel when you were stripping? Did you enjoy, was it a rush, or um, did you feel uh, demeaned at all, or was it empowering? How did it change your views on sexuality and overall um, self-worth? Um, very demeaning at sometimes. Like, women would objectify you so much. And What's, I mean, because you don't really see that world. How does a man get objectified sexually by a woman? Again, all we hear about is, uh, is the inverse of that. Uh, like, when I was on stage, I'd go fully nude, and we had a shower, 
and you go naked. I remember women coming up, grabbing my junk and like yanking at it. And you're tied off. You tie an elastic around it when you're semi-erect so that it can stay semi-erect. Oh, I see. So it's incredibly painful after having an elastic around you for 20 minutes and having a woman grab at you. Right, and you can't exactly haul off and oh, punch you her can't in the punch face. Her, no, we had a woman security guard that like took one chick that grabbed me and tossed her down the stairs, which I found hilarious. Right. And uh, that was street justice. It's, oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Guys got a lot of things to grab. Yeah. And you know, hey, and yanking on a pair of balls, I would assume for a gal who doesn't see a lot of balls, is kind of a fun activity. Yeah, they, they, I can't. You know, I, two I, drink minimum, twenty dollar covered charge. They're entitled, right? That's yeah. What I think. I mean, Canada. I think they should have had a uh, you know like ten drink maximum. You know, yeah. got to cut people off. They're all a bunch of raging alcoholics yeah, they, up there. They drink up there a lot. They drink pretty hard up there. And then uh, it changes your views. I I could barely talk to women after that. Because I was so accustomed to women coming up to me that I couldn't talk to women. I went back to university after that, and I was so socially awkward. The only sex I had for like a year was paying prostitutes. Really? Yeah. Because you felt like that was the only way that you could find uh, a lady that would actually, you know, understand what you were going through? Or you just didn't want to deal with any it was, of Yeah, it was just easier. Like, you call up, be like, send me something, and then she'd come over. And inevitably, they'd most of them would fall in love with me because they'd be like, why is this guy calling for a pro? Oh, he's just as damaged as I am. <laughs> he's hurt. <laughs> we could did, love each other. Did you ever uh, dabble in the, uh, in the paid uh, sex? Yeah, I did a little bit of that. And how was that experience? And how much, what did you charge, by the way? If a, if a gal comes over, and also if they're more attractive, do you charge them less? No, it varied. I had like girls approach me at the club, and I, and I'd let them blow me for like fifty dollars. You're a hero. It? I know, an American people, hero, <laughs> and you're from Canada. Yeah, um, I'll be running alongside Donald Trump on his ticket in 2016. Yeah, and uh, oh my god, and the Trumpberg ticket. I, I, I let I let chicks blow me hundred bucks. <laughs> you hired. <laughs> and then uh, there's, uh, what else? Uh, like 300 bucks, like a Russian mobster's wife. So, I mean, after you you literally monetized your body, right? Your dick, you know for a fact, to suck it, is, it costs you 50 bucks. When a chick does it for free now, do you ever think like, I should be getting 100 bucks right now? You just uh, blew me twice. No, I really grew out of it. Like, it feels like a different life to me. Like, I evolved so much uh, karmically. But it, it took a long time to, to evolve out of that. There's a lot of bad stuff that I did in those times, too. You know, like... Uh, exploiting women and stuff like that but uh, yeah. yeah because i mean they they fall in love with you so now you're just you know taking yeah, all their money that's exactly and it. uh and you're giving them sort of what uh rob schneider did in the gigolo yeah with the, with all the large ladies he found his niche market was women that no one else wanted to touch yeah, but far less farcical Yes, yeah. and in re in reality, it's a little bit more traumatizing. Have you did, so you you felt a little bit guilty sometimes taking money from a woman who you felt uh, was actually emotionally falling for you? Yeah, and at some point, I assume you have to break that relationship off then, because nobody really, unless you're a total sociopath, yeah. really wants to hurt somebody. Yeah, so I would just change my number and move provinces, and then uh, you'd be like, "Where'd he go? Yeah. Where'd my sex boy go? I, oh, I think he's in Queens right now, I, and I've heard he's got an inflatable hot tub. <laughs> he made it." He, he made oh. I should have stayed with Brandon, whatever his last name was. Right. The, so uh, you kept the lie going the entire time. You were always Brandon. Oh, uh, there was one girl that called, and I remember getting the message on my pager. This is how long ago it was. And she's You're like, a drug dealer, but the drug is your dick. It's <laughs> yeah. amazing. She goes, I know your last name's not Rosenberg. 
That's what she said. Okay. It was Berg. What am I going to... I didn't I, I didn't have improv experience back then. I couldn't just make stuff up. So your last name is truly Berg. Berg, yeah. And you made up Rosenberg. Rosenberg. You're the only person to become more Jewish. Every other Jewish person is just like, let's just go with... Uh, we'll just go with Lieb as yeah. opposed to Liebowitz. Yeah. You know, it's like, but you actually went you more Jewish yeah. with your made up Not a lot of name. Jewish strippers, let me tell you that. Right. Was that, a, was that something that you used in your marketing? No, but it had come up a lot. I mean, I found I got along better with the black dudes because of racism yeah. back then. Yeah, most people hadn't seen a Jew before. Right. You have a lot of tattoos. Uh, I know for a fact that the Jewish folks don't necessarily love it because you, then you can't be buried in their cemeteries. Not that it really matters because you're dead and it yeah. doesn't, who gives a shit what happens to your corpse. Do you, uh, have you felt any religious guilt because of these uh, you know, past um, activities? No. No, there's one cemetery outside of Toronto that'll still bury Jews with tattoos as well. Perfect. It's the only one, yeah. So, and I'm not, uh, I'm not that religious. I, you know, I'll do a synagogue gig once in a while. Yeah, how does that uh, go? It's all right. Yeah, I did one. Yeah, I did one uh, a couple months ago myself and uh, Jessica Curson, and uh, it was fun. We had a good time, but I let them know it's not a traditional gig. And uh, I don't really go to synagogue. My girlfriend's a goy, a shiksa, as mm -hmm. you call them, a normal. And uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so obviously, you got very comfortable with being on stage during uh, during your stripper uh, experiences and things. And then you went back to college. And then when did you choose to do stand up comedy? Um, a couple years after that, I tried a personal training business, which went okay. So this is like your early 30s? Early 20s. Early 20s, yeah, okay. mid-20s, mid-20s. So you were stripping, what were the stripping ages? 23. Okay. Yeah, 22, 23. Um, and then I, and then I, I wanted to try acting, so I got into a movie called Detroit Rock City. Oh, I love that movie. Did a few days on that. I'm, well, the, I'm the bartender in the male strip club. I oh, that's great. On, yeah. Awesome. It's a great film. Check out Detroit Rock City. Detroit Rock City. And there's a little egg in there. It's Aaron Berg. He's the... He, I can't wait. I'm going to watch it again. I got some good lines. And then uh, oh, awesome. I cut my big monologue, though. I thought it, So I thought I'd be a movie star after that, and then that didn't happen. Then I w And I had a buddy named Jeff Douglas who got famous for doing a commercial called I Am Canadian. It was a beer commercial years ago. He now works in Toronto. And we were like, let's go do like duo stand-up. Okay. And he was going to play a guitar, and we were going to do weird songs. And then he's like, I can't make it. And I'm like, well, I'm going to go. And I went and did this called an open mic, but they're bar shows. They don't really have open mics in Toronto like they have here. And uh, and I did it, and it went great. And then I was like, oh, I'm going to do this more. And some guy was like, hey, you want to come do my show? I was like, this is easy. And right. then the next time I had to do 10 minutes, and I bombed. Yeah. And then uh, I just started doing it and do it every day now. Did you ever feel like I should be taking my clothes off? I'm on stage, or was it uh, was it was it better? Did the stripping prepare you yeah. uh, for the abuse that you take? Which obviously it's not quite as physical as an audience member pulling on your dong yeah. and uh, making you squeal like a bizarre pig, but uh, but it is emotionally abusive sometimes when you're staring at somebody. They might not be uh, into what you're saying or whatever it is. Um, yeah, it, it prepare. I mean, once you're naked on stage, it it really makes stuff easier. I think. I mean, I know they do a naked show at the Creek, but I don't yeah. know. You know, I, some people say that they get benefits out of doing that show, but I just feel like I learned how to entertain. Like, stand-up and burlesque are very closely knitted in terms of timing, so I think mm. stripping really gave me that sense of timing and that fearlessness that you need to be a stand-up comic. And what? And as far as, like, timing, what do you mean by that? Just as far as, like, longevity on stage, you know, or as far as... 
um, doing the things that you have to do in order to engage an audience member every yeah, 30 seconds. Yeah, in order to engage. Right. And, like, when that big pow comes, like, stripping, it was like, when are you going to show? When right. When's that top button come undone so that they can start to see the chest? When do you rip right. the shirt open? When do the... You know, when do all these moves come? And it's the same thing like if you're formulating an act and building an act for stand-up, which now it's like, I don't have an act. It's just all organic stream of consciousness, but it's like that timing is there now. So mm -hmm. it knows, like, they have to be entertained at certain points, you know? Right, right. Yeah. I mean, I think it's just uh, such a fascinating life, and you're able to use all these experiences uh, on stage now. And I think that that's really, do you feel like those past experiences are helping out? Definitely. I for years I, I you know I'd regretted them, and then I made a one man show out of it, and that did pretty well. And now it's just like okay, it's not. I don't have to talk about it all the time, but it's right. it's there and it's part of who I am. And it you know overall makes you a better person when you're able to live through these things and uh, get out of them in one piece without a crippling heroin addiction. <laughs> yeah, I mean, thank yeah. God you can't. You literally cannot do heroin, Aaron. You don't know how to work a needle. Yeah, it's, it's not by you. <laughs> My boy's too dumb to have a heroin addiction. I'm shooting in my bone. God damn it. I'm shooting my bone. You're too stupid to OD, boy. Oh, I don't understand needles. Can I just drink the heroin? <laughs> oh, heroin. Oh, Lord. Uh, we all have so many regrets in life. I mean, I was a raging alcoholic, still am, and I've done a lot of really stupid things, and uh, and those make you feel awful, but of course you do try to move on from them. Uh, as far as the regrets go, you, you're you're over-feeling as if you've done something wrong. Yeah, I mean, I... Because what did you, all you did was entertain people and, and make women feel as if they had a chance at love. Yeah, a lot of meaningless sex, um, you know, stuff like that, and then, yeah, exploiting people that were, you know, in love with me and just... Uh, not using that. So it, t it takes a long time to find love after that. Yeah. What's a coping mechanism that you use to actually be open and realize that uh, love is real? Is it real? I have no idea. Yeah. You have to uh, you have to be willing to live from your heart and be willing to uh, be hurt. It takes it takes a long time. I think acting class helps open that up, too. Yeah. Yeah. Improv and all that stuff as well? Uh, I do more scene study, but yeah. I, I've never gone the traditional therapy route. I always found that I could use the work as therapy, so it's like different angles of the work. Um, and I see guys that go to therapy that are great at comedy, but they're still miserable even though they go to therapy. So I'd rather be happy and just work it out through the work. And yeah. be limited in the industry's eyes, but you know. Be better than everyone in my mind. I think that that's all you got to be, you know, be better than everybody in your mind and then you'll be better than everybody in real life because the mind is reality. Oh my gosh. Mind's blown. He's got to blow up hot tub. Oh, my heroin won't go in my body. <laughs> <laughs> I got to get on heroin. That would help me stop my Papa John's addiction. I'm streamlining the butter. Why do you eat Papa John's? Papa's in the house. I ordered it once. And, and you didn't go back? I did not go back. You didn't like Papa in the house? I hated Papa. What is wrong with you? Look, at you live in New York City, and I live you're in ordering from a chain restaurant that caters to little hillbilly towns that order <laughs> when TGI Fridays is closed. You know, I was down in uh, downtown Brooklyn. There's a mall there. Gross. And it, uh, yeah, it's a terrible mall. Um, but they Cocoa Butter and Shays. Come on mm. in to Cocoa Butter and Shays. All right, go on. I just had to I be want racist the, for a second. I want the Cocoa Butter. <laughs> yeah. Is that? Oh, it's not actual butter. No. Never mind. <laughs> yeah. Scratch it. It's nothing I can rub on my Papa John's pizza. <laughs> I went down to a Buffalo Wild Wings, and then I hopped right over to Applebee's. It was my little Wisconsin experience, because in Wisconsin, it's all chain restaurants. It brings me back home. Yeah. 
You know, I mean, usually when I eat pizza and I eat a lot of it, I do your uh, traditional New York style pizza. But sometimes when I'm really feeling depressed, when I'm really feeling down, I got to go back home. And the closest thing to do that is pop in the house. Can I tell you, you're not alone on this. You did this last night, correct? That's correct. I got a a tweet from Chris DiStefano this morning. Oh, okay. And he, too, had polished off a box of pizza and Cinestics, I believe, from Domino's. Woo! If he went the Cinestics route, that means he's not as depressed as I was because you're rewarding your body, you're rewarding your taste buds with some sweet, sweet sugary goodness. Yeah. I was like, I don't want anything sugary. I'm going all in. I'm, I was all in with the pain. It's the time of year because yesterday I felt like eating ice cream and I didn't, but I had potatoes, which I rarely have. Right. Yeah, it's the time of year. Something about this time of year is making us want to eat more. It's probably the tension in the air. Could be. It's probably all of us mourning over that train wreck shooting, maybe oh like my simultaneously. God. Yeah, people yeah. are... I guess you got to be armed in the movie theaters. I'm terrified. I truly do have a fear uh, of movie theaters because you're sitting there facing you know, the, the, the screen. Anyone can just come in. I like the theaters where you're up a little bit and you can see the people entering because then you know how to duck. You know where to go. Yeah. I always have an exit strategy. Sitting up top is a good idea. I, I wanted to go see Southpaw last night. I didn't because of that. Right. Because you, you don't know if a copycat crime is going to happen like a day later, and I think that's when it happened. And I went and saw a train wreck. This week, and I'm thinking that 20 minutes in is probably that Keith Robinson, Marina Franklin scene. So I wonder if that's what triggered the guy off. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's Don't 20 minutes in is when he's stupid. insulting John Cena. And he <laughs> right. goes, shut up, Mark Wahlberg. And he goes, Mark Wahlberg? Mark Wahlberg's 150 pounds. I look like Mark Wahlberg ate Mark Wahlberg. I'm 280 lean. Um, so, yeah, I think it was that scene. Maybe right. he was offended by Keith Robinson. From what it looks Maybe. like in all the, the papers, I think Hitler was the thing that triggered it. Hitler yeah. triggered it? Uh, New York Times, one of the front page. Yeah, he's uh, a Hitler it, guy. He's a, he, he hated liberals and loved Hitler. Yeah. Well, Which you could figure. I guess. Makes sense. Uh-huh. If you really, it's socialism, it's yeah. more of a left-leaning thing. Uh-huh. Uh, anyway. Yeah, he was. Uh, I I think I love watching uh, the black community get jealous that white people get to use mental illness as an excuse all the time. Right. And I was like, you can take it. You right. know, you can say that they. We could say that they were mentally ill. We don't have to always say that they were thugs. But uh, yeah, take mental illness. That'll be a great thing. Right, right. Um, but you you get your mental illness out in the gym working out, so you don't go shoot up a movie theater. Yeah, I wouldn't shoot up a movie. I would. I'll tell you this: once I get my citizenship, I will probably buy a handgun. I won't. Uh, Where are you going to live in, to buy a handgun? You can't have one in New York City. It's look, like nine grand. What's can't? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> what's can't? This is America, the greatest country in the world. I believe the Second Amendment states that I may yeah. bear arms. I agree. <laughs> Is New York City part of America or is uh, it not? I don't know. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I'm not sure if it is or not. Uh, well, I, have maybe, you tra- have you been maybe able in to Florida? Tra- yeah, maybe. Oh, definitely in Florida. If you go to Florida, they give you a gun. Just uh, you know, as soon as you get a driver's license, they give you a gun and a beat up car, and they tell you to go drive around and deal drugs. Yeah, it's the that's the Florida way of life. You've traveled around the country now, right? Uh, most of it, not all of it. What are some of the differences as far as uh, Toronto? Because a lot of people, my friend Henry Zabrowski is out in Toronto right now filming uh, Heroes, and there's just a few cultural differences, such as stores just don't have things sometimes. You know, they'll just be like, no, we're out of that or whatever. And really? That's what he says. He says it's like uh, much more difficult to get things. They just don't have the uh, ex- access to all the excess that we have here in America. Uh, 
Maybe it's because he's there during the Pan Am Games and mm, everything's be. been bought up. I, I never encountered that. Uh, places close way earlier. I mean, you live in New York City. It's way better than anywhere else in the world. Places close early where, like, you can't get whatever you want to eat after 10 o'clock. Right. Um, you do a lot of racy uh, stuff in your act, and it's amazing. It's hilarious and incredible. Any places that you travel that uh, just did not be – that were not down with it at all? They my just... first time in Miami, I had a, a tough time. They didn't know it was a dirty show, and it was kind of like a lot of Bible thumpy stuff okay. there. And it, it took a while for them to come around. Now when I play Miami, they let them know that it's a filthy show and they're great. Um, where else have I, Oh, I bombed in Phoenixville, Pennsylvania once. Okay. I went there. That was my first road gig when I moved here. Speaking of white trash, it doesn't sound like it gets any more white trash than Phoenixville, Pennsylvania. Yeah. That's, that's got to be up there with the white trashiest city in the country. I got heckled by a woman who was clearly an ex-stripper but was too proud to acknowledge it, and it went off, and then it turned into almost this race riot where these black women were defending me, and they're like, you let him say what he gonna say. Right. And she's like, you shut up. And they're like, you shut And then I was still like, oh, I got to make some money, so I was still trying to sell merch after the show right, just right. awkwardly <laughs> with people walking by like, what the fuck? What's he selling? CDs. Is it what you did up there? Well, a little bit. They just walk by. Right, and, right. Yeah. It was awful. Phoenixville, PA. Where else? I went to uh, Pittsburgh once. Uh, took Louis J. Gomez to open for me, and I think we performed in front of, like, respectively 13 people the first night and hey. 20 the second night. Not bad. Ugh. Well, at least you know there's no risk of a shooting there because a gunman wants a much higher death toll than both of those crowds combined. Yeah. That's safe. You're safe with a crowd under 10. Okay, good to know. I feel like that's a good uh, that's a good measure of uh, if you're going to get shot watching a performance or not. If there's eight people there, you're totally safe. Comedy club may happen. You know, somebody could go into a comedy club. There's not a lot of security in comedy clubs. It may happen. I had a guy throw ice at me two weeks ago. Yeah, how'd that go? Um, well, I, d I didn't physically go after him. I just, like, verbally berated him, kept the audience on my side. and like, Right. He wasn't kicked out because there was no doorman working that time. And uh, so I went upstairs after I brought the next comic on, and he came out, and he's like, hey, it's all for comedy, and tried to shake my hand. And I no. don't do that, so I just looked at him, and I was like, no. But you did he's try like, to sell him some merch. He's like, you won't shake my hand? I was like, not unless you buy this CD. <laughs> uh, and then uh, I said, no, I don't, I don't shake hands with people like you. And then he just got offended. He's like, whatever, but you could tell I got under his skin. And then when I went back in, he was still there, and I did more wisecracks at him. Yeah, I mean, he sounds like a total incomplete jerk-off. That yeah. is worse than getting your pecker pulled at, I would assume, getting ice thrown at you yeah. as you're attempting to tell jokes. And when you got to hold the show together, when you're hosting, it makes right. it more difficult. You can't just go off and plow somebody in the face for that and then be like, all right, your next act, you've seen him on. Yeah, it, right. it makes the show weird. Do you have a bond with women who are ex-strippers? Can you guys relate on a uh, on an emotional level? I dated, went on some dates with an ex-stripper one time, and, you know, it's difficult because they've seen, they, they see the worst in people. Like, this chick who pulled your dick at, at this bar, she doesn't do that at the bank that she works at. She would never do that. She would be like, I would never. That, that's right. completely disrespectful. But in this environment, you're allowed to get away with a lot more things. At a strip club, dudes are... Uh, they're they're caricatures of themselves. They're they're the they're the big boss man that they always want to be, but in reality, they got three kids at home, a fat wife who tells them exactly what to do, and they know for a fact when they get home, Papa's in the house, they're eating Papa John's pizza and <laughs> yeah. farting a whole bunch. 
but they they got the 150 bucks that they rolled up for the for the uh, strip club that night, and they're pretending as if there's 150 more. When in reality, rent's going to be late this month. Yeah. So, do you relate to that uh, aspect with with a female stripper? Oh God, no, they're all whores. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, yeah, I get uh, I get along with ex strippers, ex uh, ex sex trade people. This kind of a bond there. When you say sex trade, I mean you really feel like you, you know we talk about uh, the human sex trade, and there's a lot of underground market. It's a billion dollar industry. Half of the politicians in the in Washington are using it to get young children. Um, do, do you feel like you were wrapped up in that? And no. how did you maintain if you you don't feel like that? No, because I did it like voluntarily and it was pretty much prescient in terms of knowing that I'd be able to get stories out of it on some level at some point. So Right. And, you know, I came from an upper middle class family. I wasn't sold into it. I wasn't tricked from Thailand saying, like, <laughs> had a gun held to my head. Yeah, you yeah. dance if you want to see your family, Kwon Lee. <laughs> Ooh, when they come, when you fry them over. <laughs> I could dance it two more time. I dance it two more time, then I see a picture of my aunt. Ooh, please. I, I hate to live under Queensboro Bridge. Why you make me live under the Bridge. Right. And I don't care what your thoughts are. It's Skanders. Right. Oh, Skanders. It's called Scandals. <laughs> Skanders. <laughs> it's my favorite offensive accent, by the way. I, do I know. Every show. I, I don't <laughs> care if you're offended by that accent. It's a, uh, Accents are wonderful, and people's uh, language and dialect are always very interesting. <laughs> and I, uh, Henry Zabrowski from the last podcast on the left does a great Asian accent. And Aaron, I think you're, you're right up there with him. That Thank is you. just fantastic. <laughs> Asian Ooh. accents are the funniest. They're just the funny. It's just funny. Dude. Can I They're just, beautiful. <laughs> there's this kid. And I love Asian people. <laughs> yeah. There's this kid running around. Uh, I just don't like watching him eat. But all right, go ahead. <laughs> oh, great eaters. I, I go to the. They, they hold the record for the hot dogs. They're very oh, delicate too. They have the chopsticks. Yeah. They're rocking. Yeah. Oh, there's yeah. this kid running around the open mic scene in oh, New York yeah. here, and his whole act. He's a Chinese kid or a Korean kid. Yeah. Uh, and his whole act is just Chinese acts. I gotta see this it's guy. Like, he does six minutes, and he just does six oh, minutes. Oh please! Of, uh, oh, I gotta his, go see this guy. He's so fun. I'll I, tell you his name off. Mike, he's hilarious. Okay, I do oh, a right. parody of an Asian comic that goes like, I'm a so Asian. I'm yes, a more Asian than every other Asian comic. <laughs> other comic that think they're more Asian than me, they're not the more Asian. They're the most Asian. I do a Broadway comedy club yeah. at 4 p.m. I'm so Asian. Right. And this is when you get the ice thrown at you by an Asian person in the crowd. <laughs> no, it was a gay joke and it was a gay guy. But yeah, you, you get the gist of it. I, I love the fact that I'm not famous enough that I don't have to be politically correct. I could right. say whatever I want. Yes, I know it's holding me back, but I'll always be able to say whatever I want. I agree. Did you ever do the gay things? Any? Did you ever want to get into the adult? I, I uh, jacked porn? off in front of dudes for money and then uh, threw it at them. Through through the come at them. Yeah, yeah, that's my <laughs> that's my shtick. That was my shtick. I guess that literally is the definition of reigning men. Because then it was like the guy's not touching you, right? Uh, there's no sexual touching of any sort. You just fucking jack it up. You jack you up. You jack you... off at at home, wouldn't you? And then <laughs> you know, you, it's the same thing. Yeah, you got to try right. on a, a yellow onesie and have the guy say, "Turn the banana my way." But you know, <laughs> now would the guys be jacking off as you were jacking off? Yeah, bro. And so that's okay. Yeah, that's so interesting. Same room. So that's where you drew the line, though. Your friend. That was uh, my line. Yeah. yeah, your friend's line was like you're just getting blown by him. Yeah. And, and having yeah, them. Yeah, uh, I, I chose to not be smitten by God, but uh, right. Yeah, he, yeah, he he made that choice. The other did you way. ever want to? Did you ever dabble in uh, in like uh, the movies and the porn films? No, one guy. I would assume uh, a lot of these dudes do, right? Yeah, I think they dabbled. There were guys that used to come down to New York and work a club called the Gaiety. 
Um, and I don't know if it's around still. This is like and that's years all Christian ago. comedy, or yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, 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 they'd laugh like that. <laughs> and these guys had come down for a week and come back with like ten grand. Oh, okay. And prolapsed assholes, but mm. uh, they, they were making money. Yeah, I'll tell you that can't work for a couple of weeks with the prolapsed uh, assholes. I would assume the ladies don't like it, but I don't know. Maybe some <laughs> gals do. Can't have a butt hanging out of your tight cut <laughs> jean shorts. Now, which I'll one is his dick and which one is this prolapsed butthole? Way pinker than the other. I'll oh tell you that. And, and he's a black failure. That's something. <laughs> well, you never know what you're gonna find. Oh boy, that man got two penises: one frontsy, one backsy. <laughs> One actually looks bloodier. Yeah, yeah. I recommend sticking with the front one if you're going yeah. to uh, suck on something there. Uh, it's awesome. Ben Kissel responding to filth. Yeah. <laughs> awesome, man. Thank you so much for being here, Aaron. Thanks for having me. Um, let's see. Is there anything you want to plug? I know you obvi- you host a lot at a great comedy club in, uh, here in New York City called The Stand which is on 3rd Avenue and I believe 19th Street. That's correct. Uh, and uh, I have a new book coming out called American Etiquette, Failing Upwardly in a Fox News Nation that will be released on Labor Day. Uh, all that information is on Ehrenberg.com. My old book, Mr. Manners, Proper Etiquette for the Modern Degenerate, is for sale. Still number one on Amazon. Nice. Uh, you can download it for free this week if you want a downloadable copy. Go on Amazon.com, Mr. Manners. And uh, I'm on Twitter at Ehrenberg Comedy. Awesome, man. Thank you so much for being here. Um, of course, you can check out Mike Coscarelli on Twitter at Mike Coscarelli. Also listen to Mike's podcast, Social Villains. And Mike, how's the network going? You know, still waiting on Tim. Perfect. That sounds good. No major developments here. Uh, check out my other shows on Cave Comedy Radio, Abe Lincoln's Top At, the last podcast on the left in the round table of gentlemen. And you can find me on Twitter at Ben Kissel. Um, all right, everyone. That's it for this week's episode. We'll talk to you soon.